And I like to start with a story, as I always like to do, about this young mother who was going through some hard times. This young mother, you know, she was driving in her beat-up car on her way to daycare center to pick up her daughter. And as she was driving there, she was just overwhelmed by the problem that she had been facing. You know, the job that she was working did not pay much. Her boss was making her life difficult again. And then to make matters worse, she just found out that the landlord is raising her rent. So being single and being a mom, she felt alone, overwhelmed, and discouraged. Now, I know that some of you can identify with that. Not so much about being a single mom, but overwhelmed with the problems that we face in life. And when she was, and as she was contemplating and, and thinking about all these things, she, she cried out to God. She says, Lord, help me. I can't take any more of this. I've done all that I can do, and I don't know what else to do anymore. Lord, please help me. Just then, a song played on the radio. And it was a song that was written by Don Moen. Most of you know the song. And the song goes like this. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide, hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. He will make a way. And after she heard that song, she said, Lord, please do that for me. I don't know how far I can go. And clearly, this mom had been going through a very, very difficult time. And as I mentioned before, some of you may be facing some impossibilities in your own life. Maybe you're facing a situation where there doesn't seem to be any way or any solution out of the situation. Perhaps maybe you feel completely trapped and overwhelmed. And there's no way out or no way of escape. But the good news is that God specializes in showing his power in hopeless situations. Impossibility is the platform by which God does his best work. Amen. So we see this example in the life of this mother who was struggling. Because the story goes like this. Because as she was praying and crying out to God, this job that she had applied for several months before, a job that she had completely forgotten about, a job that never called her, a job that she never interviewed, all of a sudden opened up. And to top it off, the job pays so well that now she's able to afford the rent. And just to add icing to the cake... This family in church blessed her with a car that was much newer and much better than the car that she was driving around. You can't tell me that God can't make a way where there is no way. So despite the difficulties or the situation that you might find yourself in, no matter how much you may not understand the situation, no matter how uncomfortable your situation may seem or how difficult things are getting, God is a God that will make a way where there is no way. And I'm on assignment this morning to drive out any unbelief, any doubt, 
any questions, any second guessing in your mind, in your heart, when it comes to trusting God, because by the time you leave here, you will believe with all of your heart that God can and will make a way. Now, how many of you noticed that there's a stark difference between you and God? Have you noticed that? I certainly have. Because there is, and specifically, there is a difference between us and God, especially when it comes to our viewpoints. Because his viewpoint and our viewpoint is much different. For instance, let's take a parade for example. When we watch a parade, we watch a parade progressively. We watch the band go by one after the other. We watch the band go around the corner one band at a time, one float at a time. Is that, is that what we do? God, however, sees the whole parade. He doesn't have to wait for the band to come around the corner because from the beginning to the end, God sees the whole parade. He sees the whole package. That's why it is important that when it says it is impossible, that without faith it is impossible to please God. Because you see, we've got to believe that God sees what we cannot see. We've got to believe that God sees what is not visible to us because we can't see what's coming around the corner. That's why the song says, God works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. Amen. So the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. God sees everything. Go with me to Psalm 33 and in verse 13. We've got to believe that God sees our circumstances as it is and that he's able to make a way for us even when it is not plain or visible to us. In Psalm 33 and in verse 13 says this, The Lord looks from heaven and he sees all the sons of men. In other words, he doesn't see the son of men one at a time. He sees them all at once. In other words, God has an excellent view of the entire human race. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And in verse 13 says this. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. In other words, everything is uncovered and laid before him. That means that all of our thoughts, all of our feelings, all of our plans, all of our intentions, and yes, even all of our struggles are seen and known and understood by God. He says... But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him. In other words, everything that is before God is exposed and uncovered. There's nothing that can be concealed from God because he sees it all. He sees what's coming around the corner even when you and I cannot see. So go to Matthew chapter 9. The purpose of this message tonight is to encourage your faith to begin trusting in God who sees all and knows all. Because when it comes to believing God, we can all affirm that God exists. In other words, we all believe that, that of God's existence. And if you're a Christian, you can also affirm 
the work that Christ has done on the cross. Believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins so that we can be saved. So we can go to heaven. But there are some Christians that have a hard time trusting in the God and what he can do for them. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 28 says this. And of course the story goes with these blind men was following Jesus. And they cried out to him and said, Son of David, have mercy on us. And as Jesus entered into the house, in verse 28, these blind men came to him. And then Jesus asked him a very interesting question. He asked this question. He says, do you believe that I am able to do this? And the blind man said, yes. And of course, the next verse says that Jesus laid hands on their eyes and says, according to your faith, be it unto you. And they received their sight. The question I have for you is this. If Jesus was to come down on this earth and ask you the same question, do you believe that he is able to do this? What would your answer be? Now, the religious answer would be, yes, Lord, I believe you to the ends of the earth. But in reality, there are many who struggle with believing that God can do that. There is a tendency among Christians who see God as a God who was and a God who will be, but have a hard time accepting God as the God who is. In, in other words, you and I can talk about all the wonderful things that God has done for us. And we can rejoice in that. We can talk about what God's promised what He's going to do when He returns. And we can look forward to that. But what about believing God now? What about believing in God today? Because you see, listen, God is the God who says he's a, he's a great I am. The Bible says he's the great I am. That means that he is the God of the present tense. He's not just the same yesterday and forever. He is the same God today as he was yesterday and as he will be in the future. Amen? Amen. So God can make a way. And this morning I want to encourage you to believe in God. Listen, this is the problem. We don't trust in the God that we believe in. We can believe in his existence, but we can't believe that he can do the things that he said he promised he would do. And that's where we run into our problems. But I want to encourage you that you can trust in the God that you say you believe in. <laughs> because God is able to make a way where there is no way. So whenever you find yourself exhausting all of the resources in your life, when you find your back is against the wall, when you find that you can't go any further, when you find that no matter what you do, you can't find any solution to your problem, and when all the opportunities and doors have been shut, I want you to believe that God will make a way for you. He is able to make that way, but you've got to believe it and you've got to accept the fact that He is a God that is. Now go with me to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And I believe that this message is speaking to someone here this morning. And I pray that when you leave here, your faith will be so encouraged that you're willing to charge hell with a water pistol. As old Pastor Sam would say. Isaiah 43, and beginning in verse 15, says this. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Verse 16. 
Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Now skip down to verse 19. He says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth and shall not know it. And you shall not know it. And you shall know it. I'm sorry. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, I want you to notice the phrase here, makes a way, in verse 16 and 19. Because from these passages, we see that God is introducing himself as a God that makes a way. So, God was reminding the people that the very power that he had demonstrated and and made a way for the children of Israel back in the day of Moses when he parted the Red Sea, God says, I'm able to do the same for you. Do you get that? He was acknowledging the fact that he's not just God that was and that he's not just God that he will be, but he's also the God that is. I'm able to do the same thing that I did for them for you because you're no different because he loves you just as much as he does them. Amen. So he says in Isaiah 43 verse 19, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In other words, what he says with this, he's telling every one of us this here tonight that God is mighty enough to step into your wilderness, into your drama, into your world, into your day, and change things around, turn things around, and fix it. So by the time God is done working and, 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 and turning around your situation, we can all come to the conclusion that only the God that we serve can do something like this. In other words, God is going to receive the glory by the time all is said and done. So God is able to step into the arena of your life and change things around, turn things around, and fix things no matter what it is. Because he does that. He's a God that is able to make a way out of no way. So we have to take the position that when things look bad, When things look like there's no way out, that is the time that we begin to believe God and trust that he can do the unthinkable, the unimaginable, and the impossible. Can you dare to believe God that he can do that? I'm not convinced of that. Let me go on. George Mueller, who was a very powerful man of God, who had great faith, during the 19th century, made this statement. He says this, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. He said that there's no glory in that. He said there's no glory for God in the, realm of, in the human realm of possibilities. But he said this, faith begins where man's power ends. So when you've done all that you could do and exhausted every resources that you know, And you've gone tired and you've gotten to a point where there's nothing more for you to do. Get ready because that's when God is going to step into your life and begin to make some changes and turn some things around and fix it because he knows how to do that. He knows how to make a way where there is no way. I'm expecting God to do the unthinkable, the unimaginable, and the impossible because that's where our attitude should be. That's where our faith is because you and I cannot do it. But faith begins when our power our ability ends. Now go to Exodus chapter 14. And we're going to read the story of Moses. And it's a very familiar story for all of us. 
where God had already delivered uh, Israel from out of Egypt and from bondage. And he did it in such a mighty and powerful way. The Bible says that he delivered them with a mighty hand. And so now he, was, he had Moses lead them out of Egypt, marching towards the, into the wilderness and towards the promised land. But the problem is they ran into a Red Sea. And we're going to pick up in verse 10. In verse 10 it says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So it was apparent here that Israel found themselves in a very vulnerable situation. And when they looked up, first of all, they looked at the Red Sea and says, okay, what do we do now? Then they looked behind them and saw the raging uh, chariots of, of, of Pharaoh's army charging and bearing down hard on them. So it was a very tough situation because they found themselves in a very desperate and dangerous time. And they're at a very vulnerable uh, point of their lives. But here's what we normally do when we find ourselves in situations like that. We, get, we become afraid. We get overwhelmed. And, and here's the thing. Rather than looking to God, who had delivered them with a mighty hand, all of a sudden their focus shifted to the problem. And because as they were focusing on the problem, they became afraid. They were overwhelmed with fear. Because, you see, they didn't actually believe that God could save them. But they fully expected to be annihilated killed or recaptured that's where they were they panicked and so we pick up in verse 11 because now at this point they turn to Moses they turn against him blaming him for the predicament that they were in and how many of us have gone through a situation where we find ourselves uh upset because of situations in our lives we become afraid we're overwhelmed with with with, with fear and then we sort of play the blame game and point a finger at someone else it's your fault it's God's fault it's Moses' fault well this is what they did in verse 11 it says this then they said to Moses because there were no graves in Egypt have you taken us away to die in the wilderness why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians rather than, than that we should die in the wilderness. One thought occurred to me. Why would God go to the trouble of showing his mighty hand to deliver God's people that had been bondage for 400 years, to take them all the way to the wilderness with the promise of taking them to the promised land, only to abandon them and to die. Why would God take us so far so he can abandon us and forsake us and forget us? That's not the God that I serve. That's not the God that I serve. But this is what the Israelites were thinking. This is what they believed. They thought that they were being brought out just to die in the wilderness. So in their desperation, they began to play the blame game because they, caught, they found themselves caught between a rock and a hard place. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been between a rock and a hard place? In other words, they were between an unconquerable army and an impassable sea. 
For so many of us, this is how we view our lives, as unconquerable and impassable. We believe in God, but yet we struggle with trusting in the God that we believe in. I want you to say this with me. God is able to make a way out of no way for me. So now Moses, having heard the complaints and all of the, the blame that was shifted to him, he looks at them and begins to encourage them. Now Moses was the only one out of the two million people that were there who was in control. He was in control of his emotions. He was in control of his thoughts. He, he was in, he, and he was in control of the situation. And he began to speak into their lives and began to encourage them and told them to do three things in verse 13. He says, don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish, not he might accomplish today. He says, don't be afraid and stand still. In other words, be still. Stop moving around. Stop moving in your thoughts. Stop moving around in your heart or your feelings, even with your mouth. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations and we speak the, the, the wrong words. We, just, we, uh, we tend to speak doubt and unbelief. We start thinking doubt and unbelief, and we start feeling doubt and unbelief. He's saying, stop it. Don't be afraid. Just be still and just sit and watch what God will do. And see, this is what faith is. Seeing what God will do, not what he might do. So the Lord said to Moses, and it's interesting, in verse 15, knowing the situation, knowing what they were faced, knowing that they were between a rock and a hard place, between an unconquerable army and an impassable sea, they were in a world of hurt. But yet God said to Moses in verse 15, Why are you still uh, crying out to me? Tell the children of Israel to move forward. Well, in the natural, that's impossible because there was no place to go. How can you move forward when you have a raging sea in front of you and you have an army behind you? Where are we going to go? Here's where our viewpoint and God's viewpoint differs. Because where God's people could not see any way out, God had already prepared a way out. And see, this is where so many of us get tripped up. Go to Psalm 77. He sees what we cannot see, and He makes a way where we cannot see. Psalm 77. And in Psalm 77, the psalmist begin to write the account of the, the Red Sea crossing of the Israelites. And in verse 16, it starts and says this. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world, and the earth trembled and shook. Now, this is what I want you to see in verse 19. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew 
was there. So when you picture the Israelites between a rock and a hard place, having no place to go, but yet God is saying, go forward. What they couldn't see was the way that God had already made. So you can stop and think and say, the Israelites were really not in any danger at all. They just didn't know it. Because a way has already been provided for them. Listen, this is what God does. Before God decided to deliver Israel out of Egypt, God had already prepared their journey from Egypt to the promised land. And he looked, and as he was preparing, he saw all of the bumps, all of the obstacles, and all of the challenges that they were going to face. But God had already made a way for that. So that when it was time for them to deliver the children of Israel, as they run into those bumps in their lives and in their journey, as they run into their obstacles, God had already prepared a way. And this is what God did with the children of Israel. When he says to move forward, they didn't realize that God had already made a path for them. Because at that moment, God told Moses, lift up your staff. And the moment Moses lifted up the staff, the Red Sea parted. And now there was a way to go across to the other side. And so many of us get caught up when we're faced with an obstacle and we can't see any further than that. And we become afraid. It's very easy to become afraid when you're faced with a challenge. It's very easy to become fearful and very easy to become discouraged when you don't see any way out. But when we start to believe that God is a God that is able to make a way, we need to understand that God has already prepared a way for our lives. When he... When we became Christian, before we started out in our Christian journey, God had already prepared the way. So every challenge that was down the road, every bump in the road that we're going to run into, God has already prepared. We may not see what's coming around the corner, but God does. But he's already made the preparations for that. He's already made a way for that. So we can confidently walk in our journey, believing and trusting God that no matter what we face in life, We know with this attitude that we're going to overcome because God has already made a way. And you know, and it doesn't matter if we don't understand it or how God is going to make a way. That's not really up to us to understand. Understanding is not a requirement for God. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all of your hearts and lean not to your understanding. Notice the order there. It says trust in the Lord. Our understanding has to be cast aside because our understanding has nothing to do with it. When we start mixing our understanding, then we're just going to mess ourselves up because we're going to try to figure out how God is going to do this. It doesn't matter how God does it. He just does it. Amen. So when we face the trials of our lives, The trials does not alter God's plan that God has for us. So we just have to stop being afraid, be still, make sure that our thoughts are still, our feelings are still, and make sure that our mouth is still, and just wait and see what God will do. Notice that Moses didn't tell them, stand and fight. No, he says, stand and wait and see what God will do. Sometimes we have to stand in faith and wait for God to do what he says he's going to do. But we cannot be afraid, but expect that God is going to turn the situation around. 
I'm speaking to someone here this morning that God is going to fix whatever problem that you're dealing with if you know and believe that God is going to do this. If God, if Jesus came down and says, do you believe I can do this? You have to say, yes, Lord, with all of my heart, I believe that you can do this. I don't know how. I can't see any way, but Lord, I'm trusting in you because I know that you see what's coming around the corner. I know that you've got my back. I know that you're going to take care of me, and I'm going to get through this. Amen. Amen. So whatever it is that you're going through today does not change what God has for you tomorrow because God has already made a way. Glory to God. Because he works in ways that we cannot see. Now, I like what he says in Exodus chapter 14. Let's go back to Exodus. I've got to be very careful with the time because I know that we are celebrating the Lord's table today. Exodus chapter 14. When Moses was encouraging the children of Israel after being bombarded with complaints and blame, Moses said to the people, don't be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. But this is the part I want you to see. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you'll see again no more forever. What God was simply telling them was this. The problem that you see, which was Pharaoh and his army, look at them now because it's the last time you're going to see them again. Because you're never going to see that problem no more. And so God is able to make a way out of nowhere for you so that whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you've been struggling with, God is saying, look at it for the last time because you're never going to see this problem again in your life. So I want you to look at your problem right now. Look at it in the eyes of your imagination. And I want you to say, this is the last time I'm going to see you because God is going to make sure that I never see you again. Amen. You'll never see that problem again. Forever. He always has a way. Praise the Lord. So when we find ourselves at the end of the road, we turn to Him. We take that step of faith. We move forward and realize that there is a way out. So we've got to believe that God sees our circumstances as it is. And He is able to make a way even though we may not see it and even though it's not visible to us. We can't get caught up with what we don't see. We can't get caught up with what we, what we can't see. We just have to trust that God sees it already. And that he's already made preparations. Matthew 19, 26 says, With God all things are possible. To the children of Israel, when they faced the Red Sea and they faced the Pharaoh's army, to them it would appear to be an impossibility. For them it was a dead end. It looked like a stumbling block to their promise. But we need to look at or view our situation as God's opportunity to perform a mighty work on our behalf. We need to see it as a platform for God to do his best work. So if you've hit a dead end in your life, if there's a dead end in your marriage, if there's a dead end in your finances, if you reach a dead end in your job, if you you reach a dead end in your spiritual life, Perhaps maybe you, there's a dead end in your, uh, in your emotional or, or your relational part of your life. Whatever it may be, know this, 
that your dead end is not God, it's only God's opportunity to make a way where there is no way. What I'm trying to say is this, it may seem like a dead end to you, but don't give up hope. It's not a dead end to God. He doesn't see it that way. It's his opportunity to make a way where there is no way. That's just who God is and that's just what he does. That's just, it's, if a tiger, its, na- its nature is to attack and kill because it's a carnivore. It's its nature. You cannot help it. God's nature is to make a way where there is no way. That's just how he is. That's just how he works. God is never caught without a, a clue on how to solve your problem because he's already solved it. So think about it. When you run into a situation and you can't, you can't figure it out, go to God who's already figured it out for you. Amen? So just as we saw God's people at the Red Sea, when they reached the dead end in their lives, God is going to do the same for us. Because again, our dead end is not really a dead end to God. But it's a new beginning, a new way for God to, path, to, to pave He's already created a way, and even though it may seem in the natural that there is no way, but we've got to stop going by what we see and stop going by what God sees. And even though we cannot see it, but that's okay. We don't need to see it. Imagine if God would give you a glimpse of what's ahead, and he pointed out all of the challenges that you're about to face in life. I don't think you would want to know that. Because it would probably not want you to move any forward. But that's probably why God never showed it to us in the first place. Because God knew that we would panic and become fearful. But all he asks is that we trust him in our journey as we follow him. Now, go, to, go back to, uh, if you're still in Isaiah, or if you're not, go back to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. Do we have that back there? In Isaiah 43, if you're there, in verse 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame or scorch will scorch you. I want you to notice something here. It doesn't say if you pass through the waters or through the rivers or through the fire. He says, when you pass through the the waters. When you pass through the waters. In other words, it's not about if, it's about when. In other words, it's going to happen. You will face your time when you have to walk through the waters. You will face a time when you're going to have to walk through the fire. Jesus himself, uh, himself says in John 16, 33, that in this world you will have tribulation, or you will have trouble, so you will walk through it. But I also want you to know this. I want you to notice this. That it says, it, it doesn't just say that others will walk through the waters and others will walk through the fire. No, it says you will walk through the rivers and you will walk through the fire. But I want you to take the word, the, the look at the word through because three times it's mentioned here in verse 2. And what I love about this verse is that even though we are going through the fire, he says, I will be with you. And that makes a world of difference. 
But the word through is mentioned three times. Now, the word through has a positive and a negative aspect. Let's start with the negative. The negative aspect of this word through is the fact that we are going through the fire. Are you with me? Notice it doesn't say that we're going to, to around the fire. It didn't say that we're going to go around the river or around the water. No, it says we're going through it. Now, the positive aspect of this is this. The fact that we will get through it. We will get through the fire. We will get through the waters. We will get through the rivers. In other words, what the, psalm, what, what the writer is saying is this. The, the period of difficulty that we face in life is not forever. In other words, it's not going to last. So there's no need for us to camp out in the middle of your situation. Because, <clears throat> because he's already made a way for us. Some of us, we're facing situations and we find ourselves camping out because we think that that's our lot in life for all time. But what the psalmist is saying is this, we're going to get through it. So don't camp in there or don't camp out in your situation. There's someone who once said that if you find yourself going through hell, don't stop, just keep moving. There's no reason for you to be camping out in hell when you don't need to be there. You're going to get through it. Amen. So Israel had to walk through the waters, but they kept on walking. When God parted the Red Sea, they didn't camp out in the middle of the Red Sea. They continued until they got to the other side. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to the other side. We are going to get through whatever it is that we're going through. Amen? Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice he says, I walk through the valley, not camp in the valley. He says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and staff will comfort me in my journey. Glory to God. Go to Exodus chapter 14. So when the mighty waters rise in your life, you too will get through because God says that no one, that, that no one is going to camp out anywhere in your situation because his purpose is to get you through it, to get you to the other side. Exodus chapter 14. Is it warm in here or is it just me? It must be me, huh? I must be going through something. But I'm going to get to the other side. Praise the Lord. Woo, glory to God. Exodus chapter 14. In verse 30 he says this. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Hallelujah. With no way back and no way forward, God does what God does best. He does the impossible. And we can look at our situation and say, man, it's dead. It's no longer a problem because God has delivered me from that. Hallelujah. So I want you today, this morning, as we get ready to close. When you look at your situation, when you go home, you know, it's easy to, to be happy, praise God, and rejoice when you're here. It's when you go home and face whatever it is that you're facing. 
But I want you to take a, a, a different perspective in the situation that you're going through. I want you to look at it the way God sees it. Remember, there's a difference between our viewpoint and your viewpoint. And his viewpoint, I mean. So, but I want you to begin to look at it in the eyes of faith. I want you to look at it the way God sees it and say, the problem that I'm facing today will no longer be a problem in my life forever. Because God has already made a way for me to overcome, to defeat, or to escape whatever situation that you're facing. That's the perspective that I want you to see. So don't worry and don't try to figure out how God is going to do it. Don't worry about when he's going to do it. Just believe that he is going to do it. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you, Father God, and acknowledge you as the God that is a God that knows how to make a way out of no way. And we thank you, Father God, that you are helping me, helping every one of us here today to overcome whatever circumstances that we face in life. And Lord, knowing and believing, Lord God, that you've already made, out of, made a way for us out of no way in every situation that we face. Lord, I thank you that you've spoken to people that are, that are listening, that are hearing your voice today. And Father, I pray that their faith has been encouraged. I pray, Father God, that they'll leave here with a new perspective in life, knowing, Father God, that whatever they're facing, it's been overcome. It's been dealt with by you. Lord, we thank you. And we want to thank you in advance and rejoice and praise you, Father God, for being so faithful to us. And Lord, I give you all the glory and praise, Father God, for helping us get to the other side. And for this, we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.